It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insight, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarda. Welcome to another episode of the Franchise Academy. My name is Tom Scarda. I'm a franchise advisor and coach. I match people with opportunities based on skills, personality, goals, kind of like the e-harmony of business is what I like to call it. I work with folks around the country who are frustrated with their career and, and they don't want to go back to work, especially after COVID. They've tasted freedom and they do not want to go back to the, cub- the cubicle and the commute and the crazy boss. Uh, I work with other folks that want to keep a job but actually want to build a bridge to get, getting out of corporate America in the future. If any of that resonates with you, let's have a conversation. If you know anybody, please turn them on to the podcast and, and the website, which is thefranchiseacademy.com. Check out my book, Franchise Savvy, which is my stories about uh, my wins and losses in franchising. And I just released a new online training course on how to buy a franchise. And so check that out also on thefranchiseacademy.com. Today, I have Barry Falcon with me. Barry is an old friend of mine. Original, original New Yorker like me. Um, we met in, I think it was 2010, uh, not to date us guys here, but I think it was 2010 with a company called Shelf Genie. I flew down to Shelf Genie uh, in Atlanta so I could check out their operation because there was a lot of buzz. There still is buzz about that franchise. And I wanted to learn about it so I could share it with my, with my candidates. And that's how I met Barry. And we've been friends, in, you know, through the industry. We see each other at events and all that stuff. And and uh, every once in a while, have a dinner or raise a glass or coffee or whatever. So, Barry, hey, welcome to the Franchise Academy. Oh, great. Thanks for having me, Tom. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, this is so good. I, I appreciate you cutting out time. And I know you're busy. Um, you know, you've done so many things in franchising. You were a franchise owner. You actually owned two franchises and sold them. So you've been like around the block on every level in franchising. That's why I really want to have you on to get your experience. Um, so first, to start from zero, how did you even start in the franchise industry? Sure. Well, back uh, 2003, I was one of those guys saying, yeah, I want to go buy a business, right? So um, really didn't uh, study franchising that much. But um, my daughter was a, um, a tennis player. And I figured, okay, maybe I'll buy a business where um, my daughter can train. Um, so I did a little research, not too much, really uh, not as sophisticated at all. Um, and I bought a Velocity Sports Performance franchise in 2003. Um, and I did that because um, the corporate office was local in Atlanta. So I was able to go to Discovery Rate the day right up in Alpharetta. And um, so I bought this franchise, figuring it'd be really cool. My daughter could train there. And I'm a uh, has been New York athlete playing basketball and paddle ball and whatever. So I love sports, right? So um, I bought this business in 2003, launched in 2000, end of 2003. Um, and uh, it was a business where I didn't have to be there every day. And that was, I had three requirements when I bought the franchise. And, and I should say this, I didn't look at a lot of franchises. I just looked at this one and said, okay, meets my requirements. 
And my three requirements for me personally were the business had to run while I wasn't there. My daughter was competing around tennis, playing around the country. So I wanted to be able to go watch her play tennis. That was number one. Number two is I wanted a business with no cash, right? I wanted a business with no cash because in my world, cash makes honest people dishonest. And it's just too tempting, right? When there's 20s and 50s, whatever in the cash register. So I wanted a no cash business. Yep. The other thing was I wanted no teenage help. Um, so I didn't want any staff that was teenagers because I had three of those at home. And I knew that on Friday night, if they got a hot date, they would just call in sick. So um, so I bought a Velocity Sports Performance and I built that up and um, I was one of the top performers. My daughter did train there. She played high school tennis. She went on for a full scholarship at uh, UNC in Greensboro, um, had a great college career playing tennis. So um, it was good. And so I built that up over three or four years and then I sold it. Um, like any smart business uh, person, you should look to grow and sell. And so I sold my Velocity Sports Performance and um then in 2007, I uh, started uh, Shelf Genie. So I sold my franchisee and I became a franchisor. So, so like that, that's like an amazing feat, first of all, to sell it um, and sell it on the upswing, which you did. Right. Um, but Shelf Genie, like, did you say you kind of created that? Yeah, I was the, I was one of the founders of Shelf Genie. So, um, um, Shelf Genie was born really as called Shelf Conversions in Richmond, Virginia, um, by a gentleman named Andrew Kerwin and myself and, um, Andrew and two other guys founded Shelf Genie. So we launched it as a, it was a dealer model. At one point we bought a small factory in Richmond, Virginia with the goals of turning it into a franchise. So, um, we turned it into a franchise, set up the corporate headquarters in, um, in Atlanta. Um, so I was the president and one of the founders and um, we moved the factory from uh, Richmond, Virginia down to um, outside of Atlanta. And um, we contracted out some and we launched our, um, I hired the franchise group in 2007. We um, went through the whole process of franchising our business, all the legal and websites and manuals and you name it. Um, and then we launched in 2008. Somebody said there was a recession in 2008. I don't remember there being a recession. And um, so we grew that business 2008. Um, we launched and we sold a lot of franchises in eight, nine, and 10. And um, the business was very, very successful. Um, we grew and grew and grew. And um, the goal was to um, work my way out of a job. So I didn't have to worry about the day-to-day. I left in 2013 to go be the CEO of Concrete Craft, another home services business that I was. Uh, I became a partner and um, and uh, the CEO of Concrete Craft yep. in uh, 2013, and um, I grew that business for a couple of years. And we, uh, the founders, wanted to exit, so we grew and sold that business to Home Franchise Concepts in uh, California. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I then I went to work for I franchise group. They called me up and said, Barry, what are you going to do next? And I said, I don't know. I'm going to I'm going to get another franchise and I'm going to grow it and sell it. 
And they said, why don't you come work for us? And so uh, I've been with the iFranchise Group for 2014. Um, Shelf Genie was still moving right along. The, uh, the CEO uh, reported to me. I was the chairman of the board. And um, then we planned our exit strategy, hired an investment banker, um, cleaned up the other internal stuff we had to clean up. And um, somebody said there was COVID. And um, I guess it affected a lot of people. But in the middle of COVID, we sold our company to Neighborly um, on September 30th, um, 2020, with 160 locations um, for an all-cash offer. So um, that was a very good exit. So Concrete Craft was an exit in 2014. Shelf Genie was an exit in 2020. And um, I guess at the, I'm a ripe old age of 70 right now. I'm, I'm enjoying my golden years. Still work, um, play a lot of pickleball, ride my bike. Right. I got so many things I want to ask. Oh, my goodness. So um, before we get into that, I just want to share with the audience that you ride your bike, not only for health, I mean, you're in great for 70, you are in fantastic shape. And I know you personally, I know that you are, but you do for other reasons too. share a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, my middle son, who's now 32 years old, um, has type one diabetes. He was diagnosed 20 years ago. So in those 20 years, I probably raised almost $500,000 to help find a cure for type one diabetes. So for biking, I do century rides around the country to raise money for a cure. I am doing my 50th century ride for uh, juvenile diabetes on December 3rd um, in Amelia Island, uh, Georgia. Um, so I'm training for that. And um, if anybody wants to find out about my story, they can go to barryfalcon.com and read all about it. So yeah, and, and you should do that. If you're listening, check this out. This is, you know, it's a great cause. I think everybody knows at least one person with diabetes, if not more. Um, and it's becoming more and more prevalent these days, uh, just because of the way our food is produced, but that's a whole nother podcast. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, it's Barry Falcon, S F A L C O N.com. Is it correct? Okay, cool. So, so working backwards, what is I franchise group? So I franchise group has been around for 25 years and they're probably the largest franchise consulting company in the world. Um, based in a little uh, out of Chicago. Um, of course we have people all over the country. They help emerging brands, um, become a franchisor, and they also help existing brands improve their processes, right? So whether it's um, an audit on their sales process or an audit on their operations manual, things like that. But most of the businesses, emerging brands that have one or a couple locations that want to then become a national brand. And we help them through the process of strategic planning, operations manuals, marketing plans, websites, sales training, um, and mentoring, and we help them launch their franchise business and a lot of uh, a lot of successful clients that have sold for a lot of money. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I, I, I do know the folks over there as well. And um, would you, in, in your opinion, would you call it sort of a franchise incubator when you bring on an emerging brand, like you're really trying to mold them into a successful franchise? Because typically they know their business, they know their market, their industry, they have no idea about franchising and franchising is different than regular business. It's you're, you're exactly right, Tom. What we tell people, and I'll use the restaurant business, for example, you know, they know burritos, they know tacos, whatever, but they don't know franchising. And I tell them as soon as you become a franchisor, you're now in the franchise business of helping franchisees. 
you're not in the taco or burrito business anymore. You are in the helping franchisees business. And we tell everybody their number one goal is to have franchisees profitable as quickly as possible and um, and improve year over year. So uh, whatever the product or service that the franchisor is distributing and franchising is a distribution channel, um, either way, it's all about the franchisee. It's not about the franchisor. If you have 5, 10, 20, or 250 franchisees out there, they're all profitable. You're going to make a lot of money being the franchisor. Absolutely. And then sell it for a lot of money too. When one of these private equity groups come along to buy That's you. Correct. Yep. And they're knocking on a lot of doors these days. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I'm doing a blog on that right now. It, it's amazing what's going on. It's not your granddaddy's franchise anymore. Right. Um, in the whole entire industry. It's amazing, which is something maybe we could touch on in a few minutes, but I wanted to um, talk a little bit about a little bit more about shelf genie Um Exactly. I can explain the concept, but I'd rather you explain it from. Sure. So what Shelf Genie does is, you know, I'll I'll use the analogy of California closets. Everybody knows that name and, and they're, they're in the, they're in the closets. We're in the kitchen. And so our primary, our primary focus is custom glide out shelving in your kitchen cabinets, pantry, bathrooms. So wherever there's a shelf, a permanent fixed shelf, we convert it to a drawer. So you don't have to be bending down on your hands and knees to get in the back of your cabinet, right? And so we just we just basically make custom custom glide out shelving. So everything is measured to the millimeter. It's built in one of our two factories, um, and then it's shipped and installed to the customer. So we design a solution to meet the customer's needs, and that's with dividers, different heights, different lengths. And so it's all about making your kitchen accessible and easy to find things. That's what Shelf Genie's mission is. And so um, we have franchisees all over the country and in, uh, in Canada. And um, the business, Neighborly, uh, of course, bought the business in 2020. And the business has been growing since they have infused some capital, but it's still growing and growing. And um, the franchisees, the home service sector, of course, is booming. And so franchisees are having a record growth. And so the, the, the thing that I loved about the business when I went to visit was two things. The technology was absurdly awesome. Meaning that for the franchise owner, you could operate the entire franchise from a laptop and you don't really have to be there. Um, So I thought that was cool. The other thing was the marketing, the mark, like you're not marketing to like the new housewife, you're marketing to the baby boomer. Correct. So that so on the technology side, we have our own call center and everything is totally automated and people call in. We have trackable phone numbers. So the franchisee understands where his marketing dollars are get gets a good ROI. So trackable phone numbers for different days of the week in different newspapers, right? So uh, a different phone number for Tuesday, different phone number for Saturday. So when people called, you could track how many calls you receive from those things. So, um, you know, and of course, with text messaging and uh, scheduling and appointments, so pretty, uh, pretty sophisticated software. And that was really, that's really key. Um, And so the franchisee, um, really didn't have to do sales appointments and didn't have to do installation. What they managed was the people on their team and the marketing budget. So they went out networking. They went out to Chamber of Commerce meetings. They went out to B&I meetings. And, and they're out building a referral base 
Um, and so they didn't have to be in the business every single day because every time something happened, it would be on their dashboard. Uh, a salesperson, we call them designers, would submit an order. The franchisee gets a notification, look at this order, approve the pricing, approve all the dimensions, and then it gets submitted to the factory automatically. So the franchisee could be on vacation approving orders from their mobile device. Right. Absolutely. And, and, or on, a, on an Island on vacation, but, right. um, but the thing that is interesting also that I thought that I loved also is um, just a personal example. My, my mom is 81. She's lives in the house I grew up in still mm-hmm. in New York. And so, you know, at that age, you don't want her getting up on the step stool to get the dish out of the top shelf. Right. So you got this, like the one thing that I loved is, I don't know what you call it, but technically you pull down this thing out yeah. of the shelf um, and it brings the dishes down to, yeah. you know, arm level. So it, cause you, you know, people say, Oh, you can go to home Depot and, and buy this thing. It's not the same. This is it's custom. And there's some, you know, gadgets and stuff that, um, are not available to the average. Yeah, the, the the key thing is we would do a um, walk around with a with a homeowner, male or female, it doesn't matter, and see how they use their kitchen. And most of them are frustrated, right? They can't find the lids for the Tupperware, the lids for the pots and pans, and so then we design a solution based on the meals that they cook on a regular basis. Um, and then it's our, one of our taglines is everything within reach. So basically that blind corner that you have to get on your hands and knees with a flashlight um, to find that stuff in the deep 40, um, we have shelves that automatically just pull right out and it slides over and you can reach everything without bending down. Right. And without doing your kitchen over. That's you know? correct. Yep. It's a very cost effective solution. And so not a lot of new construction because builders are just throwing in stuff, but mostly, um, you know, refat, you know, refurbished homes, anybody that just wants to upgrade their kitchen behind the cabinet door. Pantries are a big thing. People have pantries with these wire shelves. They, I mean, we've taken out things that expired, you know, three and four years ago, maybe more. And then all of a sudden we put in shelving that they can pull out. They can get everything in the back shelf. So now they increase their capacity and they can see what they have before they go to the supermarket. Right. Rotate that stock. You bet. <laughs> you know, that's, that's wonderful. And, and that's what kind of, you know, that's what people need. So it's, it's that kind of service and it's a needed service for, for that market. So I think it was, I just think it was brilliant that, that you guys focused on, on the baby boomers for marketing. Um, so that was, that's phenomenal. Um, there's another question I had that came up earlier and I'm trying, I'm blanking out. Oh, so you had three requirements going in, uh, to to buy your first franchise. That was my requirements, correct? Right, your requirements. So when somebody is out there looking for a franchise, they need to figure out their own requirements, right? Um, I would absolutely say that. If somebody's looking to buy a franchise, I would figure out two, two, three major things. One is what lifestyle do they want, right? Do they want a seven day a week business? That's you know early morning to late at night. That's one lifestyle, right? um, They have to understand that, right? Um, I tell people they have to be proud and be willing to do what they have to do on Monday mornings. So if any of your staff calls in sick on Monday morning, are you able and willing to go do what you have to do for your business, right? Um, So it has to be something that they like and they're they're proud of it with their friends. Um, And and I'll tell you a little story about a Shelf Genie franchisee. She was looking at Shelf Genie or a um some kind of a in-home care business 
Mm-hmm. And I just said, hey, you know what? If your if your person calls up Monday uh, sick, are you going to come bathe me? And she said, hell no. And I said, okay, well, maybe that's not the right business for you. And so she ended up being a great franchisee and bought three three locations in Florida. Um, But so whatever franchise you buy, you should have your own requirements. What's the brand? You know, what are the numbers? What's the item 19 say, right? Are you going to make money? Nobody wants to buy something that people aren't making money. And how does the home office treat you? So my three validation questions for anybody looking to buy a franchise is, if you had to, and they, they're asking these to the franchisees, if you had to buy this business over again, would you buy it again? Two is the home office taking good care of you with support and service. And three is, are you making money? Those should be any prospects validation questions, talking to people in the network before they buy that franchise. I love that. And you mentioned item 19. For those folks that don't know what the item 19 is, Give me, give me your take on. Yeah, so it's, I guess the legal term is financial performance representation. And those are the numbers of what the franchise or if they have a corporate location and the franchisees, it's a disclosure to tell you how the system's doing and is it healthy or not. Now, um, most franchisors, I'd say 60, 70% have, have financial performance representations, not all. Um, Subway does not have one and they have 25, 30,000 locations, right? But if I'm buying my first franchise, I want to be able to see what other franchisees are doing. And um, if people are not giving me an item 19, what are they hiding, so to speak, right? Um, I'd be a little curious, you know, a little dubious of that. But I'd interview franchisees as many as I can. And, and franchising, no one that I know gets into franchising to be a nonprofit. So everybody is doing it to get a return on their investment. So once you get over the brand, whether you want a restaurant, a fitness center, you know, a home service business or a home, you know, a home healthcare business, you have to understand your numbers as a business owner. You can't just go out there and you have to understand what your average cost, what are the levers, what drivers, what your marketing cost. So the franchisee needs to be adept at understanding their numbers or the franchisor really has to train them. Right, exactly. Or, you know, I do that too. That's what I do is help people figure that out. Um, right. and, and when I bought my first franchise, you know, 22 years ago, I knew nothing about that kind of stuff. I didn't right. even know what the term ROI meant. Sure. Um, I was that kind of backwards in my, because I was a government worker. I just showed right. up and got paid. <laughs> I mean, you really have to understand what your business is and you have to be happy about it. So you have to be able to go out to dinner with your friends and say, hey, I just bought this, right? There's a lot of ways to make money, but if you want to be, you want to buy a brand that you're proud of, not to say you have to get a tattoo, but you can, but if you're driving a wrap vehicle for advertising and marketing, then you got to be you have to be pretty driving that wrap vehicle with a smile. And when you see somebody in the supermarket parking lot and they a parking lot and they approach you because of your vehicle, um, you got to be able to talk to them, right? So understand your personality and buy a business that fits what you want to do. So if you don't want to talk to people, then don't buy a business that you have to go out and talk, be talking to people all the time, right? Um, you know, that's all. So you have to understand uh, what the business is. Yeah, and I think a lot of it has to do with understanding the role of the franchise owner. So, right. you know, if if you you might love XYZ service or product or whatever it is, 
that does not mean is a good franchise for you. If it's going to mean that you're going to have to work on Saturday when, when your young children are playing soccer and have dance rehearsal. Um, so oh, the franchisee should buy lifestyle for sure. That should be one of the requirements, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, used to, and so a good example is this is not a franchise example, but my son, one of my oldest sons, a pilot. And so pilots, they miss birthday parties and baseball things. And that's just part of the deal. They're, they're away a lot. But if you're buying a business and you have control over your destiny, then pick something that works for your lifestyle, right? If you like to travel, then maybe you want to buy a travel type business, right? A travel agent franchise, right? If you like sports, then you want to do something with fitness or sports. If you like health, if you like food and you're a big foodie, then maybe you look to a restaurant if you like to cook or you want to be the manager in the front end. But definitely um, figure out what your lifestyle is and what your needs are, because it could be a five day a week job, or it could be a three day a week responsibility. Right. And, and do you want to buy yourself a job? Right. And so if you just buy yourself a truck and a business, that's buying yourself a job. You want to buy a business that scales Just think about those things and where you want to go with it. Yeah. Amen to that. That's so well said. And that's my biggest philosophy as I I try to share with folks, because you know, I, I was, um, I, my first franchise was a smoothie franchise and that very franchise opened up in my town, like five years after I sold my unit and I went in and I asked the lady, um, you know, great smoothies. And, but I, I didn't say who I was, but I just said, why'd you pick this franchise? And she said, Oh, wow. We love smoothies. We drink smoothies every day. We love right. And, uh, and I was like, okay, great. Good luck. And my wife and I walked outside the store and I turned to my wife. I said, oh, they're going to be out of business within a year. And sure enough, it was about seven or eight months. I think they were gone because, you know, you might love smoothies, but you have to be there all weekend long making them. Right. Um, for whatever reason, you don't, you don't, you don't have the staff to do it or what have you. I mean, it's, that's bad. So you got to really think about the lifestyle. Um I want to ask just I want to go a little bit personal um for you. What um or who was your best mentor um in your career? You know, I guess you know the last 15 years with my franchise group, Mark and Dave, who are the owners, they those guys have just been absolutely fantastic, right? Um you know, I, I hired back in 2003, so I got to learn, you know, 2000, I mean seven, I hired them to launch um shelf genie and they were just great there and everybody on their team and and over the years we've kept in touch right and we've always talked and um i hired them to do some special projects for us when we're looking for acquisitions they did some due diligence and so the key things about those two guys and and um they just like 100 ethical um they're always into doing the right thing for the client and, and just taking care of customers and so i've learned so much from uh, dave who was the uh, president of anthony Ann's pretzels for so many years of you know, you know of how he built that organization um and ultimately sold it to focus brands i guess at one point um they took massage envy and sold that and um they, those guys have no, if anybody knows anything about franchising, they've been in it for 40 years. They've taught, they've taught me a lot. Mark's written three books. Um, I've read them all cover to cover a few times. And um, so those guys have really um, given me a lot of information and a lot of education on franchising, what to do and what not to do. So what, what's one book that had the most impact on your career? You know, um, 
I still do this today. The, I guess the biggest book on my career, just really life in general, um, a book by Seth Godin called The Purple Cow. And, um, and The Purple Cow is all about doing the unexpected for people. Um, I do the unexpected for people. So every one of my, of my clients, when they sign on with us, um, I send a handwritten thank you note and a $2 bill. Right. And they say, what's a $2 bill significance? And I say, call me when you get your first franchise and I'll explain it to you. But I've been giving out um, a nice, crisp, freshly um, printed $2 bills for the last 10 or 15 years. Um, and people just it's just a differentiator. And, and people say, well, where'd you get this from? And they, they don't understand. And um, I say, well, you'll always remember where you got the $2 bill. And everybody that I've given them to, they never, never use them. They just save them. So that book is all about doing doing something extraordinary um, that's good, that's unexpected. Um, and that's either, you know, picking up lunch and don't be a cheapskate. If somebody, if you go out with somebody, buy lunch, um, pay the toll for somebody um, behind you sometimes, 50 cents, give the uh, toll taker a dollar and take care of the person behind you. But it's all about doing the unexpected. And it's a great book. It's a one day read. Um, I've given that book to every one of my staff. Um, at Shelf Genie and Concrete Craft and said, okay, this is it. You take care of customers, do the right thing, do the unexpected on a good note. So um, I still live by that book today. That's great. Seth, and anything that Seth says, Seth Garden, uh, and it's G-O, just for people that are listening, if you're interested, it's G-O-D-I-N, I believe. Um, everything he utters and everything he's ever written, I've read a few of his things, uh, is just so profound. And so, so well done. And, and so thanks for, for bringing that up and, and bringing him up. Also, we skipped over something I thought was important. Uh, you have a U.S. patent. I do. I, at Shelf Genie, I designed a uh, product that um, puts a uh, mix master, these big, these big heavy mix masters that you, uh, you know, have to pick up from the bottom and then get it up on the counter. So I designed with a, with an engineer and come up with a, and I got a patent on a product that takes the mix master from the bottom of the cabinet up the counter height. Oh my God. <laughs> Brilliant. Love it. That's like, you know, it's like, it's like the person then that decided to put wheels on luggage. Like, right. It's like, why did we do that to begin with? <laughs> right. We had a man on the moon before wheels on luggage. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> <laughs> um, so what else do you do for fun? You, you talked about going from paddleball to pickleball. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm a, I moved into an active 55 and over community a couple of years ago, and I'm pretty active. So it's a great community to me because I don't have to I don't have to do landscaping. I don't have to do anything. It's a brand new house. The HOA takes care of all the outside stuff for me. So I so some friends said, hey, you want to go play pickleball? And I said, what's that? And um, so I went from what's that to playing six times or seven times a week. Um, I just played in a tournament this weekend in Atlanta, but I've been to the U.S. Open at Billie Jean King Tennis Center. Um, I won a silver medal in uh, men's singles age 70 um, uh, a couple of months back. And so I play in uh, local tournaments, some Florida, Georgia, um, but I probably play six times a week. And as my wife would say, I'm pretty obsessed with it, and um, it forces me to do all the laundry in our house. <laughs> and it's great. And and you're someone who's been married now 48 years. Yep. We talked about before we went live. So so congratulations and Mazel Tov on that. That's Thanks. amazing. Really great stuff and an inspiration to to people like me. Um, 
And so parting words of advice. So we have this, you talked about launching your business during your recession. And here we are again, because it's always secular. Um, so what would you, somebody's listening to this podcast and thinking about a franchise, but they're really on the fence because of this, you know, recession. What's your advice? My advice would be is look, look at a good business to buy. Um, and then on the first day, plan your exit strategy, right? And so that's it. whether you're a franchisee or a franchisor, plan your exit strategy because you want to grow it. And so you sign a five or 10 or 20 year franchise agreement. That doesn't mean you can't sell it in the middle, but do your due diligence for sure. Figure out your lifestyle and your budget. Make sure you're capitalized well and then go for it, right? And so um, I, I tell people there's best case, worst case, and reality. And best case is you make millions of dollars. Worst case is you lose money. And I'm not saying that's good, but we've all lost money somewhere along the line. And reality is how good you execute on the business that you bought and how good the franchisor supports you. But if you don't take a risk, you're not going to get there. You're going to have a job. If you buy a business, you're going to have a business that you could hand down and create generational wealth, or you could sell and create generational wealth. You won't do that with a job unless you have a very, very high paying job. And so I sold my first franchise and then I started a franchisor and sold those two. So I've had three exits already in franchising, all very lucrative. So um, I'm enjoying my golden years. Yeah, that's great, Barry. It was so great having you on. Just the words of wisdom, the, the, just the nuggets. Thank you so much for your time. And we'll talk again, of course. You and bet. And I'll see you at the next conference. Going to see you at the next conference coming up very soon. Um, so just God bless you. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Stay healthy, everybody. Good Thanks. luck. This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration.